Scarantino, and this is the Get the Fuck Off podcast. Every week, I'm going to be talking about a new topic to help you guys get the fuck off the shit that doesn't serve you anymore. But first, let me tell you a little bit about me. I used to work as a bartender, and I lived in the New York City bar scene. I smoked between a pack or two a day, and I was what you'd call quite overweight. I learned that the secret to adopting a healthy lifestyle is a series of mindset shifts. Unfortunately, they don't always come with an owner's manual, so I decided to start this podcast to give you guys the nuts and bolts without you having to do all the research on your own. Getting healthy does not mean you have to sacrifice your outstanding personality, and it actually can be quite a fun journey. I'm really excited to have you guys on that journey with me. Let's get off together. Welcome back, everybody, to the Get the Fuck Off podcast. I am two days late. And I'm so sorry, guys. I'm so sorry that I didn't give you a heads up that I was going to be two days late this week. But the truth is, I didn't know that that was going to happen. I had absolutely no idea. And I, I kind of want to talk about why I'm two days late. Is it's Mental Health Awareness Month. And also, it's just a, a really fitting thing, a fitting topic to go into the Get the Fuck Off podcast. Because... I talk a lot about getting off the shit that doesn't serve you. And all of the things that we do that don't serve us, we're usually doing for a reason. Whether it be drinking, overeating, being sedentary, watching too much Netflix, binging our TV shows, having, you know, doing all kinds of behaviors that are not good for us. We do these things because... Well, for a lot of the time, we're doing these things because we're trying to fill something inside of us that isn't isn't quite right. Now, you could say, no, man, I just I just do that because it's fun. Well, yeah, of course it's fun. And also it's really fun when I eat ice cream for dinner. But I fully acknowledge that eating ice cream for dinner, which I did yesterday, (laughs) is not necessarily serving me. It's not serving me. And there's always usually an underlying little bit as to why I might be doing those things. So I wanted to tell you guys about my weekend because this weekend I experienced something that I haven't experienced in quite a long time, which was I had a really strong urge to drink. And I haven't had an urge to drink in quite a while. I live my life very I would live I I work in a bar two days a week and I never ever feel as I'm in the bar the need to drink I don't feel the need to drink when other people are drinking even Sunday afternoon a friend of mine was visiting from Texas and we bar hopped the entire afternoon so we we went to brunch at a restaurant slash bar uh that was at 1 30 and we continued to bar hop until 11 30 p.m that was 10 hours I didn't have a single alcoholic beverage I didn't want a single alcoholic beverage not once not once in that entire 10 hours did I ever think, you know what I would really like? A drink. And people say to me a lot, you're such a strong person for being able to not drink. It must be really hard to to have that kind of willpower. And I think there's no willpower required in not wanting to drink. Drinking never makes anything better. It never makes anything better ever. I think about waking up in regret, thirsty, tired, with a headache, depressed, 
anxious, the guilties, I mean, making poor decisions, getting poor sleep. I mean, the list can go on and on and on. There is no time that I ever think even having one drink would be beneficial or enjoyable to me. Even when people were sitting, we went to this outdoor beer garden and everybody was drinking beer and I love the taste of beer, but drinking a beer just makes me want another beer and it makes me thirsty and it makes me have to pee. And I just don't enjoy that feeling ever. So in the 10 hours that we spent together on Sunday, I never thought once, wow, I really want to drink. I really, really want to drink today. But I did have a moment on Saturday where I wanted to drink. And I want to tell you guys a little bit about what happened and what needed to happen and why my podcast is late this week. It's late by two days. And I try to be really open and honest about these things, guys, because no matter what it is that you guys are struggling with right now, I promise you that it it probably feels a lot like this felt when it sneaks up on you the way that it does because every human is different and every single thing that we go through is different and your struggles and my struggles are not going to be the same and they're not going to resemble each other and they're not we don't have the same makeup or mind or people in our lives but there are similarities in all of that so I'm going to tell you what happened so Saturday morning um I decided that I was going to write something to uh, someone in my life, a friend. And it was, it was really long. Like it was a really long thing and it was about something to do with me. Uh, something that I don't, uh, it's a close friend. And I don't really, I don't really talk about this, but it, it had been part of an ongoing narrative that I had with this friend and uh, I really wanted to... I really wanted to delve a little bit deeper into some stuff about myself that's really personal. And it's it's not only personal, but it's something that I've been struggling with for over a third of my life. Like it's a it's a huge thing in my life um, that is a problem. And it's probably the result of a much deeper problem. Um, so as I always say about my alcoholism, like my alcoholism wasn't a problem. It was the result of a problem. And to be honest, the problem that I think it's the result of is probably the result of another problem, which is the result of another problem, which is the result of another problem. I mean, this is why we go to therapy and have coaches and go through all of this inner work, right? Because we need to get to the root of the problems. So this is... This is a problem. So I, I talked about um, some some parts of my life that I'm not necessarily secretive about. They're not secrets. They're not things that I wouldn't tell you if you asked me. But they're not something that I'm just freely going around just being like, oh yeah, let's tr- <laughs> let, let me tell you about this. But I wrote, I, I, I woke up on Saturday morning and it, again, it was part of an ongoing narrative uh, dialogue. And I, I wrote, what I would consider to be a long, long, long email to a friend. Uh, it, it, if you were going to, I don't even know how long it was. I don't know. Dump it in Microsoft Word. It might have been three pages, two and a half, two. Between two to three pages probably. It was very intimate. It was very it was very um, expressive of things that, that were very painful to me. And um, yeah, they were just painful. Like just painful, you know. And when you when you get around to a place in your life where you feel like you're ready and safe enough to talk about something that's painful to you, it's really it's really a special thing. Like, and and I have to learn this. And this is something I'm going to talk about in the podcast. And then I received I received 
later, as I was as I was working at the bar uh, later that evening, I received an eight word reply. Eight words. Eight. I think one was actually a number, so we could even call it a seven word reply to this email. Seven dismissive words too, like almost like a, like just not even, and and I, and I get it. Nobody really owes, nobody in the world owes you anything. You know, I was not owed those seven words and I, or eight or whatever you want to call it. And I was not owed any, I was not owed those and I was not owed any more, any more than that. But at the moment that I received that, I was, it's really even hard for me to talk about. I, I almost just like lost it. I mean, I just, I was in this, this, this job that I, I don't even really give a fuck about. Like, and it's not that I don't give a fuck about the, the owner or the people that I work with or any of that. It's just, I just don't, I don't, it's not what I want to be doing. You know, I'm doing it and I'm enjoying the connection with other people and I'm trying to focus on the genuine good, but the work itself is hard and it's physical and, you know, I had, I had delayed my run that morning to write this. And uh, then I went directly into a seven-mile run. And then I went directly into my mile-and-a-half walk to that job where I stood on my feet for 10 hours. I mean, like, so I was in the middle of this 10-hour shift when I received this reply. And uh, I just, I, I seriously, I felt so disrespected. And it wasn't even, I mean, it was the, it was kind of disrespect, even though I was owed nothing, like even though nothing was owed to me, even though I never set an expectation or told my friend that I had an expectation that they reply, I never, I never said explicitly that there was an expectation of a response, but it really wasn't about this, this friend at all. It was really about me, about the fact that I had magnetized becoming so open about something that was very very painful to me just so very painful like caused me caused me so much anguish over the years like caused me so much pain and hurt and and just so much like it it was so much and uh to kind of receive that fuck you which I took it as a fuck you it probably wasn't meant as a fuck you but I took it as a fuck you I mean it was it was the way that I had interpreted. You know, if you read, I, I think, I think that, I don't remember what book I read this in. I, I can't even tell you. I read it in one of my books that I've read over the last year. You know, it was all about how, you know, you can, you can be ready in your life to, to become open about something. But you can't expect that the people that you're being that way toward are going to be right there the minute that you need them to be right there. And that's just a, a thing, you know. Like that's that's just, you just, you, you don't, you're not really, you're not entitled to that. Like no, not everybody should, is going to drop what they're doing in their lives, in their worlds, for you, the minute that you decide to become ready. And I know that. I know that. But I think that because I had decided to become really open about something that has spanned for such a long time in my life, it just went deeper than that. Like it became the pain of all the experiences that I wrote about. It became the pain of all of the things that went with those experiences, which is way too much for this podcast. I mean, it, it just became so painful. And 
then it just felt like this dismissal of my pain. And it wasn't, but that's, that's sometimes we tend to go there. You know, we go down rabbit holes where something will happen and it'll be a trigger and you'll just, it'll just hit you so hard. You won't even know that it was coming. Like you just think you're on this freeway to, like you're in recovery and you think you're on this freeway to enlightenment and you're just so excited to clean house. Like you're so excited and you just finally, after years of being in pain, you decide to just get it out there and when you don't know how it's going to go. You don't know how that's going to go for you. And you take a leap of faith and and, and when you and you don't know how how that's going to turn out. You know, when you whenever you take a leap of faith, you need to be prepared for the fact that it might not turn out the way that you think or want it to turn out. Like it it might turn out completely something else and that's nobody's fault. Like that's just life. You can't predict the outcome that happens when you decide to take that leap of faith. You don't you can't predict what saying something to someone else is going to result in. You just can't. Like you can't. You're not in somebody else's head. So you don't really know. And I didn't really know. But I apparently had kind of misjudged and then I was stuck in the past. So when when that happened, I was in the past. Obviously, my body was in the present. Obviously, I was I was functioning in the present. I was the person that I am in the present, but everything like the the past was being relived in my mind. Like like it was like one of those movies, like the the, the panoramic whatever the fuck from one end to the other just going back through all of these things throughout the history of Andy Scarantino. Like blah, 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 like and I'm not just, you know, guys, I'm a coach and I'm a I'm I'm a mindset coach and you know, I I do uh, informal recovery coaching. Um, I haven't, I, I don't do it formally. Um, it definitely is tied into mindset coaching. And I'm going to tell you, I'm also a human being. And, you know, human beings, we all have these things. Like, this is a normal part of human life. You know, we all have these things in our lives that, that cause us pain that we have to work through and we have to be with. And, it was that moment where I just, I, I was standing in this room and I'm looking around and, you know, almost all of the tables are full of people that are happy and drinking and I'm looking at this bar filled with alcohol and I'm thinking, and, and all of a sudden, it wasn't so much the alcohol around me or the people drinking because I didn't really want to be like those people and I didn't really want to reach for that alcohol. It was the fact that I started to yearn for what I considered to be safety and safety for me was the bar that I used to go to which is called Olani's which is now closed and I started to think about the safety that I felt when I was there and um the, the way that they, whenever things felt bad, whenever I felt dismissed um, by my, my when I, because I moved to New York when I was 23, and my parents, I mean, at the time, I didn't really have a healed relationship with my parents. So there was, there was a lot of times where it was my parents. Uh, there were a lot of times when it was um, different men, you know, because I didn't have a, a great relationship with men. 
at the time um, that I moved here. And then throughout the years, I didn't always have. I mean, I, I pretty much grew up in that bar. There was a bartender that worked there for a number of years that moved to Florida. And before he moved and, you know, we were saying our goodbyes, he told me that he, he really felt like he watched me grow up. And I, I believe that. Like I, And I'm, I'm kind of emotional right now, kind of talking about it, and I'm not going to pause my recording to get my shit together. So if I seem emotional, I'm just powering right through it, baby. But I grew up in that, in that bar, and that was an element of safety for me and comfort. Whenever things were bad, my uh, my bartender uh, Donald, who is one of my best friends in the city, uh, someone that I, I love so dearly. I mean, even though we don't see each other now as much as we used to, I consider him one of the best friends in, uh, that I've had in, in my life. Like just somebody to know, and just such a, a comforting, compassionate, wonderful man was always there. Like those people were always there, no matter what I needed. Or no matter what like time of day it was or what day of the week it was, I could go in there and those people were there and for me. And I didn't always handle it the right way. I abused a lot of alcohol while I was in there. But I, I mean, I never, I, it was not, I was not one of those people that left belligerent every night. Like I always left composed, got in my taxi, over tipped. You know, there were times when I was belligerent. But I, I, for the most part, was not um, a sloppy drunk. I mean, I, I was kind of an, an arrogant drunk. I don't know. It doesn't, well, what kind of drunk I was. I mean, I guess it just depended on the day, the year, the month. I don't know. But that was, that was a place of safety for me. And when I felt the, the pain that I felt from this, what I perceived as a complete dismissal, a complete fuck you, I, I just wanted to, to be in that safe place again. And I watched as people around me in, in, in this bar, I mean, some of them, there weren't, there were, there were some regulars in um, that knew the other bartender that I was working with. Because I'm, I'm new, but, you know, a lot of people come to see him because, you know, in New York, the people that live nearby or work nearby or whatever are regulars in the bar. Like the bar that I was a regular at was, uh, my, I was a regular at a bunch, but the, my main bar, Olenny's, was right across the street from where I worked in Times Square. So that's why it was my my bar but there were regulars around and I looked at them and I I um I perceived the feelings that they were having in that that safe cocoon like space and I I just wanted to feel what they were feeling like I want I wanted to be I wanted to be back in that and um I just, it was, it was hard because it wasn't a moment where I could stop the motion of what was happening and deal with the feeling that I was having. I I couldn't at the moment because I was responsible for creating the cocoon that these people were in. So I, I didn't, um, I, I did, I didn't drink. You know, I didn't drink because, see, I know better. See, I have that that idea in my mind about how life is better without alcohol, that life is sweeter without alcohol, that everything feels better, that your body feels better, your mind is more clear, the clarity is so powerful, like that everything in the world is better without alcohol. Um, everything is better. 
And uh, so I didn't. I didn't drink. I just, I, I forced myself to push it out of my head. But see, I came back to it. So I'll explain to you guys. Um, you know, when you're working in, a, in an environment like that, no matter where you guys work, uh, or what or what it is that provides that cocoon for you. It might not be the bar. It might not be alcohol. It might be a box of Krispy Kreme donuts. I mean, I don't know what it is for you. And I, I live in a very big glass house, so there's definitely not any judgment on my end for whatever it is because I know that I, I live in this glass house, and I'm, I'm as open as I possibly can be about, about that. Um, but I had to finish that. I had to finish that night. And, uh, so I just, I just pushed it out of my head. I was like, but I made an agreement with myself to come back to it later and to sit and work through it. And so the next morning, Sunday, I normally record my podcast on Sundays so they can go out on Monday to you guys. Cause I know I have a, a, a list of people that I know listen every single Monday without fail. So for all of you that are catching me on Wednesday, I apologize. <laughs> I wanted it out on Monday, but I knew Monday was, Sunday is, is when I, um, is when I record, um, lost, lost that, that sentence there for a second. So if that sounded choppy, I apologize, but I do, I, I record on Sunday to go out on Monday and Sunday I had a friend of mine in town from Texas. I haven't seen him in two years. We used to be extremely close. We are, we lost touch um, because I, I became, his wife and I right now are much closer and you know he and I just, just life you know and nothing, nothing crazy just lost touch and I really wanted to spend time with him because he was one of my very close friends. So Sunday morning you know so, I, so to give you the, the context I went from my seven mile run into that shift to sleep for a few hours to wake up to do my long run my 14 mile run to then go meet this friend and that went on for 10 hours that was the 10 hours I told you about in the beginning of the podcast where I didn't want to drink so that was a pretty busy non-stop motion two days but I know now as somebody um, in recovery, somebody that is on the self-improvement wagon, somebody that wants to move forward, somebody that wants to fix, not necessarily fix, fix is the wrong word, there's nothing to fix, somebody that wants to make peace with the unresolved issues inside of her, I knew that there had to be time where I could sit and do it and I thought, all right, well, Monday morning, I'm going to come in. How many hours is this going to take? Maybe like two hours. I'll be fine. You don't even know. You don't know how long it's going to take. You can't, you can't really, you can't really even decide how long it's going to take. I, I was, I was under this like false hope that, that, oh, it'll take me two hours. I'll be fine. I'm just going to, I'm just going to, you know, go through it line by line. No, that's not how it goes. Like, it doesn't look like that. It doesn't look like that. Um, I realized that my life over the weekend had been nonstop motion and I just needed to sit. I needed to sit with what was going on for as long as I needed to sit. And that could be a day, that could be two days, that could be a week. I mean, there are times where there have been things in my life that have ailed me that have taken far longer than that. Um, Working on things with limiting beliefs and self-esteem, I mean, there's been so much that has gone on in my life that has taken some serious time. So I was hoping that this would be something that took two hours. But no, 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 it was the whole day. And it, it, I'll be honest, it's not, it isn't, I'm not good now. 
but I'm, I'm okay enough to sit down and record this podcast for you guys and just tell you what happened. But I want to reiterate um, the, the whole point of my recording this, which is not to tell you all the story of my weekend, but to tell you the story of the fact that this is something that happens. No matter what it is that you're trying to part with, um, it could be drinking, it could be overeating, it could be smoking, it could be a bad boyfriend. I ran back to my ex-boyfriend, I can't tell you how many times. So many, so many things. Um, it could be, it could be gambling, it could be, God knows, God knows what it is. And it's going to happen. You know, you could be a year out um, from something like, like, I don't know, whatever, whatever it is. And then something like something can strike you without you planning for it to strike you and it, it could just hit you wrong and this could happen. And what I wanted to tell you guys is two things about this. The first is that it's going to happen sometimes. And unless you're willing to tell the truth about yourself and get it out there, you know, Nothing, no, no light gets shown in. So sometimes you do expose parts of yourself and, you know, let the cracks form. And sometimes some shit like this does occur. And it hurts. And, and it makes you want to run back to your comfortable place. But you, you have to know that that comfortable place never pulled you forward. I mean, it didn't, it, it led you to the place that you didn't want to be. And just that knowledge, that knowledge that you know the other side of that and you get to choose not to go back there even when it hurts, even when it hurts and you just know you just need something, you know, it hurts, you're alone, you want your, you know, abusive ex to just pet your head and tell you you're pretty. Like uh, what, that was just a random example. It, you, know, you know it hurts but you have the choice to not go back there, you know you know that it's not doing anything for you. So whatever it is, uh, for me, alcohol was the thing. And that was, that was, and not just the, the drink, because I never drank at home. I was not a drink at home person. Very rarely, once in a while. Very, very rarely. I'd say count on one hand how many times a year I drank in my apartment. Um, the, the rest of it was in public places with, with others. And that was my comfort. You have the choice you have the choice to not run back. Um, and that's where the strength comes in. Because it doesn't, it, it takes no strength to not drink. I mean, well, it, do, it takes strength. But the alcohol itself, the poison, your life is better without it. To not run back to comfort is what takes the strength. So that's, that's the strength. And uh, you know, you, you know where the road leads. The road of comfort, you know where it goes. And... The second thing I would say to all of you is to take your time, slow down, be still, figure out what the fuck you're upset about, figure out, just, just, just be with it. 
Just be with that emotion. Try to just sit with it. It's going to it's gonna rear its ugly head. You're going to have to work through it. You're going to have to work through it. It might take you a long time. You might need therapy. You might need a coach. You might need a well-being community. You might need a friend. You might need someone. But you do need to take the time. And you need to take the time in a place of mental clarity where you know what you're doing. You, I'm not telling you to go out to the bar and get belligerently drunk and, and bitch about the emotion. I mean, God, I did that how many times in my life? <laughs> like that's what it sounds like but you you need to take quiet and stillness and just sit with it and it's not going to be easy I mean it's not going to be easy there's there's a lot to sit with yeah sometimes but the longer you do it people say I don't really have the time for that I don't have the time to sit with my emotions well if you don't sit with them they're going to keep they're going to keep popping up and then you're going to keep needing the vice to deal with them. So if your vice is alcohol, people always say in sobriety, it's amazing how much time sober people have. Yeah, it is. It is. Because all the time that I didn't send, I didn't spend sitting with these emotions that I was having, I was spending five times the amount of time drinking so I can numb them out. And drinking, you know, I've talked about this in this podcast before. It's like time traveling, you know, time traveling. You you look at the clock one minute and it's 8 p.m. And the next time you look at it, it's fucking 2 a.m. And where the hell did the time go? I mean, that's what drinking does to you. It just, it just, it carries you light, at light speed through life over the emotions. And then you're back into the rat race of your world. And everything that you haven't worked through yet, every issue that you have yet to resolve is still sitting there. And that could be for anything, that could be in any situation, any person, any regard, it's still sitting there. It hasn't been touched, it's just sitting there. So sit with it. It's the, it's, it's the, the best and the worst part of, the other, of, of getting off. I mean, and I'm not talking about the fun kind of getting off. I'm talking about the getting off that we do at Get the Fuck Off. The, the, the getting off the shit that doesn't serve you. It requires, it requires some of this. And it's, it is not always easy, but it is always rewarding. And all of you have the power to do it. And the, the more you are willing to take that leap of faith and just sit there and be with yourself, your true self, and learn to love and accept all of the parts of yourself, even the parts that are hideously ugly, because there's always going to be an ugliness that you that you're going to discover and you're going to see it and you're going to have to learn to love that part too like even if you don't want to there might be competitiveness jealousy selfishness there might be elements of of lust there might be anger there might be bigotry there might be um god whatever whatever is there you're going to see it and you're going to have to like come to acceptance of yourself. And only when you do that are you going to be able to be free, to be free and to move forward. I, I have a long way to go. I, I reread my old journals all the time of things I was working through last summer and last fall. And th- there were painful times, long contemplative days, painful times of things that don't even, don't even phase me anymore. 
things that I have I have come to so like come to terms with have made so much peace with things that I I that no longer bind me I feel light as a feather I mean I feel so light so so free so wonderful but that wasn't always the case with all of those things and it and it isn't the case with this I mean this this thing this thing is now just the next thing just the next thing that we have to sit through so we meaning me uh we're gonna sit we're gonna sit we're gonna do it so that is what I got for you guys today I really appreciate you coming back and I appreciate you giving me my my space while I I spent some time I try to always be on time punctuality is one of my things if you know me in the real world you know that I am never late I am never late. So you ever want to get on a Zoom meeting with me, I promise you it will start on time. Uh, I will never be late. <laughs> Watch. My next Zoom meeting, I'm going to be late. Um, but yeah, no, I'm, I, I do uh, appreciate you guys giving me that space and that time. That means a lot. Um, listen, I'm going to be back next week, guys, with another episode of the Get the Fuck Off podcast. It's going to come out on Monday. Um, <laughs> with If everything goes to plan. Uh, I'm going to be bringing on some great guests within the next couple of weeks also, guys. So you're going to get to hear another voice that is not just mine. And I hope that you all enjoy the people uh, that I interview because I sure as fuck enjoy them. They're all wonderful. That's going to be coming up within the next couple of weeks. If any of you want to be on the Get the Fuck Off podcast, please reach out because I love hearing stories. We'll get on a call together. We'll talk about what you want to talk about. Then when you sit, record it. They're short, obviously. Um, I'm not somebody that wants to take up too much of your time so we can, uh, we can get together, put our heads together. And if you guys have anything that you want to talk about or any of this episode resonated with you, you can reach out to me, Andy, A-N-D-E-E, at getthefuckoff.com or just visit me on my website. You can hop on my email list there and I'll put a link for that as well in the description of this podcast. Every week I send out stuff like this uh, to my to my subscribers to help you guys get off the shit that doesn't serve you anymore. But just know that if you're going through something like this, you are definitely not alone. This is common. This is something that we all go through. And I think the more we can start talking about it and making it just using our voices and embracing our power, embracing our stories, the quicker that we can start, you know, renegotiating those, changing those stories, making peace, resolving the things that are ailing us, and just moving forward with grace and self-love and compassion. It's so important to me. So I'm going to see you guys next week. Take care. Be safe. Take care of your beautiful selves. And uh, we'll talk again really soon. See you guys.